Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC joins us now. And Chris, as always, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? Yeah, definitely, guys. I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for this weekend because we actually get some, you know, we get start to get into the meat of some big games in the SEC. And, uh, you know, I've had Arkansas A&M as a game circled all offseason as, as a game that I'm, you know, very intrigued to see how this one plays out. And I think now that we're in the game week, and it's so funny, guys, how your opinion can change after a week. You know, after week one, we were talking about, Anthony Richardson, you know, his Heisman odds have dramatically improved. And now here we are two weeks later and saying, Heisman, the kid can't even throw a touchdown pass. And, you know, a week ago at this time, if you asked me about Arkansas A&M, I would have said, man, Arkansas is going to blow the doors off those guys. And now here we are a week later going, yeah, I think this is going to be a close game now. So it's just so funny how things could change week to week with your opinion. So with those changes over the past couple of weeks, how, how do you see A&M right now and uh, – some of the changes that they made, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, I thought Max Johnson did a much better job of, uh, you know, one, completing passes, which is something you have to do as a quarterback. But, uh, you know, Miami, I thought, did some pretty good things in pressuring them. You know, he was sacked a couple of times. Uh, you know, they, they didn't really get uh, many big plays. I think, you know, they had two 25-yard completions. Uh, you know, one to Devon A-Chain and the other to Anaya Smith. And both of those were kind of, you know, runs after the catch. But Max, Max just looked way more comfortable uh, at quarterback than Haynes King did. I don't know what was going on with Haynes King. You know, he won the starting job this past offseason. But uh, through the first couple weeks, you know, he hit some big plays in that opener against Sam Houston State. But, man, other plays, he looked absolutely awful. So, Max has been there. He was a starter for LSU for much of last year. He started some big games for them. So I think he's, uh, I think he's their guy moving forward. But uh, just because A&M won the game last week does not take away all their warts. They still have a lot of issues that they need to clean up. And one is particularly that offensive line. So I'm excited to see what Arkansas does defensively to get after them because you know, we know there's no, there's no denying Arkansas secondary has not been what we've wanted to be. Uh, missing Miles Flusher and losing Jalen Catalan, those are big parts of it. But, you know, I, I was surprised going through the numbers, and you guys know it. I mean, you know, seeing three straight 300-yard passers, it's not great. Uh, if Miles – I'll say this, you know, it's as simple as this, guys. If Max Johnson throws for 300 yards against Arkansas this weekend, I think A&M wins the game. So, uh, I, I would issue that as a, as a challenge to the Arkansas secondary this week. No, Chris, uh, you know, looking at A&M, too, even with Max Johnson being in there, it just seems like their offense last year and this year, it just hasn't been great or at least consistent this year especially. And, you know, a lot of people come out about Jimbo and, and whether or not he can coach quarterbacks or whatnot. I mean, is it a Jimbo problem? Is it a talent problem? Why hasn't A&M been able to figure out that quarterback position when it seems like they have all the talent in the world on this football team? Yeah, I thought last year's team wasn't that bad. I mean, Isaiah Spiller was a thousand yard rusher. Uh, A. Shane had had over nine hundred yards rushing, so you know, he almost had two thousand yard rushers last year. And it's a, it's an offense predicated on the run. Uh, Calzada wasn't awful once he took over as quarterback. His, his interception total was a little high. He threw seventeen touchdowns to nine interceptions, but you know he he, he won the Alabama game. He had a a nice go to target a tight end and Jalen Watermeyer who went off to the NFL. And, of course, Isaiah Spiller's off to the NFL now. But they, they just have not found, you know, the offensive line, they've had issues blocking and pass protecting and run blocking. 
I, I've been really shocked at an offense that Jimbo is always going to be predicated on that run. That you know, to look up here we are three weeks into the season and Devon Ache doesn't even have a hundred yard rushing game. I mean, this was his best game as a runner this past weekend, and he ran for eighty eight yards. So that's been shocking to me. So yeah, I mean, look, it starts with the run game with A and M, and then you know maybe they can get something going with the passing game with Max Johnson, but. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I think it was a nice. Smith was just asked today at the media availability about you know Arkansas's got one of the worst pass, you know secondaries out there, uh, you know pass defense, and he kind of shut it down as you know you don't want to give out any bulletin board material or anything like that. But I, I do think if I'm Arkansas, I'm, I'm worried about stopping the run first. You know, if Max Johnson wants to throw it thirty plus times this weekend, absolutely let him do that because. Uh, yeah, if you could slow down A&M's run game, I think you're going to be just fine. A&M's defense is really good, and they're always going to give them a chance to win every game because they do play well. Was it what is it that A&M's defense does so well? They they hit hard and they tackle hard. You know, what was surprising. You know, I watched most of that game against Miami uh, Saturday night. I guess most of your you know listeners are probably watching the uh, the old Bobby Petrino revenge game, but. Um, you know, I was I was surprised that A and M didn't have any sacks. Like when the game ended, I looked up and they had zero sacks in the game. It felt like they were getting after Tyler Van Dyke all night and and hitting him hard. Um, the one advantage that you know KJ has is he's so hard to bring down when he when he tucks and runs. Um, and those hard hits that A and M had on Miami, man, you do that against Rocket Sanders, he's still gonna you know he ain't going down on the first hit. So. That's that's the intriguing matchup in this one to be. Yeah, a And M's got a hard hitting, uh, hard hitting uh, uh, defense and, and you know gang tackling and a lot of that. How does that match up with what Arkansas wants to do? And that's run it down your throat. And I think that is advantage Arkansas. And I'm I'm really going to be interested to see how the the A and M defenders respond when they get punched in the mouth uh, trying to tackle uh, Sanders or, or or even KJ. So. Um, yeah, to me, that's 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 a big one this week. Is uh, you know, if A&M runs, uh, you know, if Arkansas runs for two fifty three hundred as a team, uh, I think they run away with this one. Now, Chris, I don't want to try to overlook it too much, but I just want your thoughts on it. If Arkansas is able to beat Texas A&M this Saturday, do you feel like the SEC West Division crown happens to be decided in Fayetteville next week between Arkansas and Alabama, or is there another team that you still feel like out there that? could provide something to be into the mix in there as far as being a contender in the West. Yeah, I, I've, you know, I, I've talked about Alabama's schedule all offseason about, you know, I, I thought this Alabama team was going to be good, but I kept saying, man, that schedule is absolutely brutal. And I kept bringing up the road trip to Texas, and everybody kept telling me, oh, they're going to blow out Texas. Texas can't hang with them, and Texas gave them a scare of their lives. Kudos uh, Bryce Young. He put the team on his back. They went on a, uh, you know, game-winning field goal drive when they needed it most. That said, that was a game they very easily could have lost. And I kept looking at it and saying, man, road trips to Fayetteville, Knoxville, Baton Rouge, and Oxford, Alabama's going to lose one of those games. And the more and more I started to dig into it and say which one makes most sense, I kept going back to this Arkansas game and saying this is the one that feels like it is an absolute trap spot. Alabama gets Vanderbilt this weekend. They are, these guys are not going to be motivated and hungry to go take, you know, take out their frustrations on Vanderbilt. And that comes a week after just beating up on Louisiana Monroe. So their first, you know, after the Texas game, this is their next big tough test of the season 
Um, can Arkansas do the little things they need to do? You know, I almost, you know, somebody asked me on Saturday night, was, was Arkansas in a look-ahead spot with Missouri State? I said, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been shocked by that, uh, that the guys were kind of looking ahead to the A&M game. But you're right. If, if, if Arkansas can take care of business, win this game against A&M, man, the buildup for that game next week is going to be monstrous. And, yeah, I just I do think that that is a game that if Arkansas wins, they are in the driver's seat for the West. Uh, can anybody else jump in there? I mean, LSU got a nice win over Mississippi State. They start off one nothing. They seem to be get, getting better, figuring out their offensive line. The defense played really hard. Uh, I still think they're, you know, probably a year or two away from Kelly having them really being able to compete. Uh, we've seen Auburn looks like an absolute debacle. Ole Miss looks good, but my gosh, can, can they play anything other than the little sisters of the poor? Like, I don't know who made this Ole Miss schedule, but uh, can they get tested for once? Can they have somebody who can actually compete with them? Uh, but I think the quarterback spot has not looked very good for Ole Miss. Jackson Dart has been a mixed bag, and it looks like they're finally going to go with him over Luke Altmaier. The run game is outstanding, but again, they have not been tested yet. What happens if they play, you know, an Arkansas team that stops their run? Then, you know, then what do they have to do if they have to switch and they have to throw? So, um, yeah, to answer your question, guys, that it's it's hard to say this on a game that's going to be played October first, but it feels like that game is if Arkansas can find a way to beat Alabama at home. They're in the driver's seat for the rest of the year in the SEC West. Some of the same things may apply to Georgia and the way their schedule is and the way it sets up, but is there anybody that possibly could compete with them towards the end of the season when you have Florida that's on the schedule, Kentucky, and uh, and Tennessee? Yeah, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee were the two we talked about all offseason about the, the, the teams that, that were going to be their toughest test. I kept thinking maybe Florida – you know, just because that's a rivalry game, it's that, you know, playing Jacksonville in neutral field. But, my God, you know, three weeks in, and Anthony Richardson hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. I, I'm out on Florida. They're, you realize they're that, that interception in the end zone at the end of the Utah game. They're that interception away from being 0-3 right now, Florida is. So, it's it's scary to think, you know, all the hype and, and excitement for Billy Napier in year one. But I think it's Tennessee, and I think it's Kentucky. Now, the good thing is for Georgia is they get Tennessee at home. Uh, what will Tennessee look like on November 5th? They have to go on the road to LSU. they got some tough games before that. And it really does look like that November 19th game at Kentucky is going to be Georgia's biggest test. And, again, Kentucky's got a lot of tough games before them, too. Uh, you know, what if they have three losses by then? Are they are their fans as hyped up for Georgia coming to town? I'll just tell you this, guys. What I saw out of Georgia on Saturday, just absolutely steamrolling South Carolina like they did. I mean, this looks, this Georgia team looks just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than last year's team particularly offensively. Stetson Bennett is playing with all the confidence in the world. And, I, you know, I, I predicted before the season, I thought Alabama and Georgia were both going to lose a regular season game. I still feel that way about Alabama. I don't feel that way about Georgia. It's, it's hard for me to find a loss on the schedule now, and it feels like they're just going to absolutely steamroll everybody on their way to Atlanta. So, uh, again, Tennessee and Kentucky, their two best uh, chances at an upset on, on the Bulldogs. But sitting where we are right now, guys, it's hard to see that. Well, is there anybody nationally that can compete with Georgia right now? Because I know that there's like Ohio State still in the mix, you know, that but they've had some games where they didn't look great. Clemson kind of the same way. I know they're up there in the mix and and everything. But is, is any? It just seems like it's Georgia and then everybody else in college football in general right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you got the cream of the crop of the Big Ten is Ohio State, and Michigan. They both look good, but you know, outside of Ohio State playing Notre Dame, you know, neither team has really been tested. Uh, Clemson's 3-0. They haven't really been tested. And the same goes for Oklahoma and USC. Uh, credit to, to Lincoln Riley. I really, I thought USC would have 
you know, maybe slipped up and lost one of these early games already. I just didn't think they were ready to compete for prime time, but it looks like, you know, he's at least got their offense back going again. So USC may be a problem. You know, they're going to have to play some tough Pac-12, uh, you know, games in the coming weeks. But yeah, I mean, look, if I had to guess it right now, it's going to be some mix of those teams in the playoff right now. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Oklahoma, and USC. But, you know, can any of those teams beat, uh, you know, beat Georgia right now? No. I mean, Georgia looks like, I mean, their, their, their offense is unstoppable. Brock Bowers is absolutely like, you can't guard him. You can't stop him. Uh, you know, Stetson Bennett's added, you know, the run game to his complement. He scored a touchdown, a rushing touchdown in each of his three games played this year. It's, uh, it's scary, man. Georgia's absolutely scary. And, um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it feels like just, just put all those names in a hat, pick four out, and that's probably going to be your playoff. Unless, like I said, if Arkansas could pull off the upset over Alabama uh, in two weeks, Arkansas puts themselves in that driver's seat, and you know maybe we're getting a Razorbacks Bulldogs game in Atlanta. What is it that you like that you've seen from Arkansas so far this year? Uh, the greediness up front, the offensive line, I think, has played for the most part pretty well. Um, you know, the, the run game, as you guys know, has been dominant. Um, you know, the, the defense, I, I can't, I've, I've gone back and forth on the defense, right? Because Cincinnati, you know, uh, kind of, it, it was their MO, right? Like how they had to play that game, they had to throw the ball a good bit. And so having a 300-yard pass there was, was fine. South Carolina, you guys kind of dictated that game for, for most of the game. And so Gamecocks were playing catch-up, and so they had to throw the ball a lot. So, yeah, Spencer Rattler ended up throwing for a bunch of yards. But it, I didn't really – like, the vibe in that game wasn't, man, South Carolina secondary getting exploited. I didn't feel like that. Um, this game this past week was just really weird. I mean, I don't, the, the vibe – I don't know. Like, if you replayed that game against the three games this weekend, I, I feel like Arkansas maybe dominates. It, it just feels like it was one that kind of got away early, and then finally everybody woke up and was like, hey – this Missouri State. We're not supposed to lose to these guys and uh, and flip the switch. But, I mean, how can you not put Rocket Sanders as one of the best running backs in the country right now? Not not just the SEC, but, but the country. Um, he would get my vote right now. He's been absolutely phenomenal. I like what we've seen a little bit out of Landers in the passing game. You know, all about talk of who's going to step up and replace Traylon. Um, you know, he's looked okay. So, you know, I, I – Look, Arkansas is what they are. They're, they're a run team first. They're going to run it down your throat. And KJ Jefferson's going to make the big plays that his team needs in the big moments to, to help him win. So that's what I'm so excited about, guys. These next two weeks are really going to tell us a lot. Uh, the BYU game looks a little bit less scary now, too, although that is a tough, tough non-conference road trip to make. But I, I love how the schedule sets up for, for the Razorbacks, man. I really think that you know if they can get through these, new, these next two weeks unscathed, I think they're going to have a great chance to uh, – you know, to run the table, and, and, and who knows? Again, the SEC schedule is tough, and again, those, those two non-conference games aren't going to be easy, but uh, I really, really like this team and, and how gritty they are up, you know, up front. And it goes back to Sam Pittman. It's, it's a, you look at this team and you go, yep, that's a Sam Pittman coach team that uh, the big uglies up front are getting it done. Can you make sense out of the old, like, LSU-Mississippi State game? Because Mississippi State, to me, was looking strong at the beginning of the season. LSU, uh, you know, we know the struggle against Florida State and – didn't think that maybe this would be a tough year for him. But then LSU looks really good against Mississippi State this past weekend. Can you kind of explain these two teams to me right now? Yeah, I think Mississippi State, Mike Leach, first off, is a, is a, is a dumbass and goes for it on every <laughs> fourth down uh, that he possibly could this game. And I'm just like, I'm literally screaming through the TV, 
leak, punt, stop. You know, like it's like, well, we only need the one yard. We can get it. No, man. Like everybody and their brother knows what you're trying to do. And I just thought, I thought, I thought Mike Leach cost his team the game this week. Like it did feel like uh, Mississippi State was doing what they wanted through the air. Uh, but like I said, you got to credit, uh, you got to credit LSU's defense. I thought Matt House had a really, really good game plan and execution of making them, you know, taking away the deep balls, making them have to try to throw the underneath. You realize Will Rogers, he threw for like, what was it, uh, 215 yards this week. He has not thrown for that few yards in since his freshman year at Mississippi State. Like last year, uh, every game was like 300, 400 yards throwing. Like that's just what, that's what Will Rogers does. And Matt House did a good job of, of kind of taking that away and also limiting their run game. And uh, obviously they capitalized off of a big muff punt, and that's where LSU grabbed the momentum, grabbed the touchdown, and ran away with it. But, you know, I thought down the stretch of this game we started to see Jaden Daniels kind of improve as a passer, finding Malik Neighbors on consecutive third down, like back-to-back-to-back third down passes. He completed the Malik Neighbors. So, again, it was a gritty win for LSU. Does that mean LSU is suddenly a factor in the West? Again, I still think they're about a year or two away. They, they still have to get some more recruits in there and, their schedule is still brutally tough this year. Um, but this is where Mississippi State has to decide who they are. Like, Mike Leach falls into these traps every year where they start off, they look okay, and then suddenly they lose their first SEC game, and then it's like, well, what are we? Are we going to unravel? Or are we going to re- re- rebound and regroup here and win, win more games? It just feels like, guys, he's been this, like, 500 coach since he stepped into Starkville. It just feels like that's what Mississippi State's feeling is. Although I wonder if some Bulldog fans are watching ESPN at halftime wondering if uh, – Hey, if we brought back Dan Mullen, could he redo what he did here with Dak Prescott? Could we bring that guy back? So we'll see. Um, you know, Mississippi State and, and LSU still challenges for Arkansas down the stretch of the season, sure. But again, I'm not. Uh, I'm not necessarily frightened about this right now. Well, Chris, we appreciate you joining us as always, man. Great stuff talking the SEC. It's uh, just in the beginning part of the season. Got a lot of it to go, but it's going to start getting fun here soon. But we appreciate you coming on with us, man. Absolutely, guys. Enjoy a nice ice-cold beer. Let's watch those hogs uh, take out their baggies this weekend.